is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. I'm Doug Branson. David has the day off. It's been an exciting week here on Locked On Hornets. We've spent it analyzing and reacting to the additions of Dwight Howard and Malik Monk. We've also spent it speculating on what the Hornets might do in free agency. If you've been listening, you know that the Hornets don't have much flexibility in terms of cash. Uh, That is because they are already over the salary cap and now in danger of getting into that luxury tax territory. And that's that's a territory that not many owners of uh, of a business want to find themselves in, especially, I think, for a team that I think we can all be fair in saying will not be competing for a championship next season. The goal, certainly for the Charlotte Hornets, is to get back to the playoffs. So whatever they do from here on out, I think will be uh, trying to get back to the playoffs, but also trying to avoid that luxury tax. And that means that even though the Hornets will have uh, some exceptions, maybe an exception uh, to help them add additional players at above the veteran minimum salary, they won't be able to use that entire exception. And of course, the one I'm talking about is the mid-level exception set at eight plus million dollars for a maximum of four years. I just don't see how the Hornets are able to use that entire exception in order to obtain a player. And so that's going to further limit what they are able to do. And the question is, I think now, do they try to find some additional wing help? Uh, Ben McLemore was released from the Sacramento Kings. That would be, there's some affordable wing help out there, including players like him. Do you do that and then try to facilitate a trade in order to obtain some backup point guard help? We saw Patrick Beverly move uh, to Los Angeles in the deal that uh, uh, helped Houston acquire Chris Paul. A few players went in that deal to Los Angeles, and you can't imagine that they are uh, completely enamored with any or all of those players. So uh, Patrick Beverly could be available for a trade. Do the Hornets try to uh, get some help that way, continue a creative offseason? And we said this offseason would have to be creative. It started with the addition of Dwight Howard. And uh, on July 1st, starting July 1st, we will find out uh, how creative the Hornets can get in free agency. Of course, July 1st, the beginning of the period when teams and players can come to verbal agreements. And then July 6th, they can put pen uh, to paper. Keep it locked in here on Locked on Hornets for all of the updates on free agency. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast by searching Locked on Hornets so you don't miss a moment. And now 
we enter in what can be described as the calm before the free agency storm because the Hornets, or at least their summer league team, has been at work this week practicing for summer league, which begins on Saturday as well. So free agency and summer league uh, colliding. Of course, they'll head down to Orlando for their first game July 1st against the Miami Heat. That game at 11 o'clock in the morning, breakfast, basketball, Always love me some breakfast basketball. And those games should be on NBA TV. But never hold me to that because you just never know with the NBA and Summer League what games they will broadcast, what games they won't broadcast. But 11 a.m. tip-off. So maybe wake up on Saturday and pour you some coffee, make you a biscuit, turn on NBA TV and see if the Hornets are dueling. And no Malik Monk. Uh, He was expected to take over some ball handling duties in Summer League. And with his absence, of course, as we discussed yesterday, rookie Malik Monk has not participated in Summer League camp due to a sprained ankle he suffered during the pre-draft workout process. He's doubtful to play at all in Orlando as a precaution, but he should be ready by training camp. But with his absence, uh, there is going to be an absence in some ball handling duties. And someone is going to have to step into that void. And then we got news yesterday that Gabe York, another one of their point guard ball handlers in uh, in that would be going to Orlando, suffered an injury as well. So that someone looks to be Rashid Suleiman. And that's according to Summer League coach Steven Silas, who said that Suleiman might see some more duties at point guard uh, with these injuries. Suleiman spent three years at Duke before playing his senior year at Maryland. The 6'4 guard joined the G-Leagues. Don't call it D-League anymore. It's the G-League. Get used to it. I am. I've been saying it in front of the mirror all morning. G-League, G-League, G-League. Greensboro Swarm last season, an average 13.3 points, 3.8 rebounds, and 3.2 assists in over 33 minutes of play. I had a chance to chat with him after practice, and he said... That experience in Greensboro or with Greensboro is giving him an advantage in this camp. Um, we run a lot of the similar, same similar plays uh, that they run here in Charlotte. And just being having a year under my belt, running through all these plays, uh, watching a lot of film with the coaches in Greensboro like Coach Noel, and, um, you know, just just rep- a lot of repetition. I feel a lot more comfortable. Um, the game's, uh, so to speak, kind of slowing down a little bit for me. Um, but at the same time, I know it's a big responsibility. The point guard has to be, you know, the leader, has to be the guy to put everyone in, in, in positions. And, you know, I'm just trying to focus on getting better each and every day as well. Um, you know, uh, if Coach Silas decides to go with me, you know, that, I know that's a big job. So I'm going to try to, you know, make him proud and, and help my teammates as much as I can, uh, both vocally and, and with my play and my leadership. And part of what's helped him, honestly, is that he has a familiar face to walk him through some of these things that he's going through here in Charlotte this week. That's Greensboro Swarm head coach Noel Gillespie, who's been helping the Hornets all offseason on and off the court. We're going to hear from him in just a few moments. He has the respect of so many within the Hornets organization, including Rashid Suleiman. Uh, he's, he's a competitor, man, and, and that's the thing that I love about him. He wants to win. He, he challenges his players, um, and he, he doesn't. he's not easy on you. He's going to push you and, and try to get the best potential out of you that, that he possibly can, and you know, um, you know, as long as you embrace it and continue to work hard, 
uh, I think that's when he'll get the best out of you. And as the Hornets head to Orlando, they certainly hope he can help former G-Leaguers Trevion Graham, Briante Weber, Johnny O'Brien, and Rashid Suleiman show off their best as they look to make some tough decisions on who will make this final roster in the fall. I sat down with Coach Gillespie to discuss Summer League, preparing G-Leaguers for the NBA, and the future of the NBA's growing minor league. Take a listen. All right, so Coach Noel, tell me about how this process of, of being around the Hornets this summer is, is helping you to uh, prepare for the upcoming season in Greensboro. Yeah, so preparation-wise, uh, I was fortunate enough to be with the Hornets when our season ended at the end of March. So uh, finished the season with the Hornets, uh, last couple regular season games, and then just been involved with the free agent uh, process with the coaching staff and the draft process with the coaching staff, um, you know, which ultimately leads into summer league. Uh, so again, it's a lot of uh, daily uh, prep work, watching film, uh, discussing our playbook, um, you know, the additions to the Hornets roster as well to potential additions to the Swarm roster. So uh, it's actually been staying busy since our season ended, but, you know, preparation-wise, we're all on the same page, uh, meaning the Hornets and Swarm staff going forward into next season. Let's talk about that season, last season for the Greensboro Swarm. A tough year in the win-loss column, but you guys did uh, have a winning record at home. Uh, what did you take away from your first season in Greensboro? Yeah, I know you just said it, you know, um, we were the youngest team in the D-League. We, we even finished the season. We had seven rookies our last game, seven out of the ten guys. So, uh, you know, we started slow, 0-5 out of the gate. Um, There's a lot of teaching and uh, a lot that went into teaching rookies, um, not just on the court, but just uh, in social behavior and just being a professional guys that went from a college environment to collectively playing together, being a pro, traveling. Um, but where we finished, uh, as you mentioned, uh, above 500 at home in the field house, winning our last three home games, um, being over 500 in the calendar year of 2017, you know, there's a lot we built from uh, playing the spoiler role, being playoff teams to finish the season. So, again, I know the Hornets said from the beginning, uh, you know, not so much to judge the expansion year on wins losses, uh, but more for for guys growing and getting better every day. So I know we accomplished that, and uh, I like where our foundation is going into next season. And how did you feel like the the fans responded to that first season in Greensboro? What kind of things did you see uh, in the field house? No, the the fans' uh, response and the way they got behind us was tremendous, especially the way we finished the season. Uh, sellout games, standing room only games. Um, you know, we use the word buzz, uh, you know, <laughs> with the Swarm and Hornets, but I think there was a, a buzz in the city of Greensboro. Um, you know, a lot of it, social media, uh, just just getting the word out. And, um, you know, as the season went on, fans were excited. You know, it's such a, you know, close-knit, intimate environment. Um, you know, two, you know around 2,200. 2,200, 300 fans. So you ran top of the action. Our players are great about signing autographs and getting out of the community. So um, I think going into next year, um, you know, setting goals, having that home court advantage, packing the place, um, it's going to be a, you know a tremendous advantage for the people of Greensboro to see great basketball products, see NBA players 
um, stop through there, and then again for us, it helps with the with the home court advantage to get to get wins. How different was it uh, coaching a G League team versus your previous uh, stops as an assistant coach? Sure, I mean being the head coach, you know, first and foremost, being the voice, um, you know, in the NBA, you make suggestions. You know, I was fortunate. Uh, the Suns and and with the the Nuggets doing the game plans every day, suggesting how we should guard certain actions, um, suggesting what offensive play sets would work in a game plan, how we should guard specific players. But for me to be, you know, that final voice, that final judge, this is how we're going to play, this is how we're going to execute, this is the the, the tendencies and the plays we're going to run, this is how we're going to guard this action. Uh, It's great. It's great to have that control, to get that experience. You know, all the in-game adjustments being made, being able to make um, the the, the substitutions, the play calls. Um, It's a tremendous opportunity for me and allowed me to grow as a coach, um, going from the background to to being the the leader. So now almost every NBA team has a G League affiliate. It's continuing to grow uh, both in size and popularity. Uh, what's your view on the future of the G League? And now there's two-way contracts involved as well. Uh, how? What's your view of the of the future of the G League right now? Sure, I think you know the the G League is just scratching the surface. Um, it's going to be a true minor league system, uh, as you said. I think there's what 26 teams this year, 27 for sure next year. Eventually, it's going to be you know 30 for 30. Um, you mentioned the two-way contract, so the talent level is going to go up a ton. And uh, again, those players that weren't drafted or might not have an opportunity to make an NBA team will now have an opportunity to be involved with the parent club and the minor league team. You know, there'll be you know seamless transition back and forth. Um, so the level of competition is going to go up really high. Um, again, that amount of players staying stateside instead of going to Europe will will be will be a lot a lot higher. And then you know the product's going to be better. Um, and again, you can see the NBA is putting a lot of time and effort and money into it. And, and you know, I know the Hornets are as well. So, um, you know, the league has continued to grow each year. And I think now, again, uh, with Gatorade, with the full support of the NBA and with these each team's having parent clubs, it's just going to, you know, continue to, to grow. Um, again, the, the back and forth of really developing players. And that's you know, ultimately what it is, is developing Development league, um, development for the for the parent club, and developing developing the players for other teams in the NBA as well. So a couple of your G League players are here for this uh, summer league camp, including Rashid Suleiman, who I heard impressed uh, scouts at the the D League or G League now mini camp that they did uh, back in May. Uh, what have you seen out of him in this in this camp and and in his play last season uh, that's impressed you? Yeah, I think um, the, the biggest testament to Rashid is the Hornets coaches that come up and say, hey, listen, uh, these last three practices we've had, he's really stood out. Um, and again, it's the stuff, you know, we, we preached um, being a good teammate, talking on defense, being there early, uh, all the intangibles um, have really carried with them. And, you know, that started last year in training camp with the Hornets. Uh, then obviously he played with us in Greensboro and he's brought it for, for summer league. So we're excited about his development. You know, he's, he's uh, 
really good uh, making decisions as a ball handler now, something that he really wanted to improve with. So again, he's playing the combo guard, uh, point guard, playing some two, making open shots, playing the right way, um, again, being a good teammate. So, uh, you know, he's our um, kind of our standard for what we want uh, in Greensboro and that relationship between the Hornets and the Swarm. And it sounds like Coach Silas is really giving him a strong look to get a lot of those ball handling duties in Orlando with, with Monk being sidelined. What does that say to you in terms of the, the trust that the organization has in Rashid and his growth as as a ball handler? Yeah, no, I think um, ultimately uh, the, the relationship that the Swarm have had with the Hornets and say, hey, no, listen, here's, here's what we want. We want him to develop in these areas. And then Rashid to dedicate himself and all of us be on the same page. Um, so it, it means a lot. It means a lot. Again, that's what it's there for. That's what the growth is. And, uh, no, I think it's a good opportunity for Rashid. Obviously, if Malik can't get point guard minutes, um, Rashid and Briante will be able to handle. And, um, you know, with, with five games being played in Orlando, he'll get, uh, you know, a good look, uh, not only from the, the Hornets organization, but other NBA teams as well, his skill set. That's interesting that uh... – your your philosophy on the G League in terms of preparing players to be professionals as opposed to all right come in and do this X Y and Z on a given night. Uh, do, do you what are some of the responses that you get from players when they? Because I'm sure it's a surprise maybe to some players that come in and go oh this is is what this is about. Right. No, and that, that's that's one um, thing that I, you know I had to make constant reminders of is now again and just like any job. You're being paid for a living to be a basketball player, to follow the game plan, to do what's needed of you. Um, it, these guys weren't recruited. They weren't given full athletic scholarships. And especially in this environment, in the minor leagues, you do your job or you get replaced. Um, and, and some of them come from different systems in college. Um, so it's, hey, you can't fall back to how you played collegiately. Now, this is what we need from you on the defensive end. And if you can't do it or you're not up to the task, then, again, the Hornets and the Swarm will find someone else for you to do it. So I think I think guys at first didn't know what to expect, especially the young players and rookies. Um, but as the season went on, again, the, the Rashid Sulemans and the Perry Ellis's and the, and the Mike Tobies um, really understood, uh, again, a 50-game season coming from a college 30-game season and ultimately preparing to get to an NBA 82-game season plus playoffs, plus uh, preseason, obviously. So they understand what the job entails. And how would you describe yourself as a coach and, and what you expect from players who join the Greensboro Swarm? Yeah, I think for, for myself, you know, I try to just be enthusiastic every day. Um, I try to get the best out of the players. And, again, just try to focus on what their skill set is and find their niche and I tell our guys all the time, obviously, not all of them are going to play in the NBA. Not all of them are going to get uh, an opportunity, um, which is the best, obviously, as we know, professional basketball league in the world. Um, but for to get guys to play their full potential, that's what I wanted myself and our coaching staff. And, again, we were proud of the fact, like even player like you know Xavier Mumford um, played well, was able to make some money in Spain play over there. Mike Toby ultimately went to Spain. Um, but for myself, it's again, challenge them every day 
and it's tough. I mean, again, the word is a, is a grind with the commercial travel and, and some of the cities, and you know, you don't get the perks and amenities of the NBA. Um, so, you know, we try our best to motivate guys and keep them on task. Those, you know, cold Wednesday nights in Erie, Pennsylvania, and Fort Wayne, Indiana, where, hey, let's just, you know, let's keep working and, and hopefully let's try to reach a goal the best we can. Coach, thank you for your time. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Big thanks to Coach Gillespie for the time, and he's spending some time in Charlotte working with the coaching staff as he continues to improve and continues to improve a Greensboro Swarm team that will be looking next season to add more overall wins uh, to the board as they will be a little bit more experienced next season, and they'll also look to continue to win games in front of that home crowd. And a note on Rashid Suleiman, listen, the point guard position, I think, you know, pending what the Hornets do in free agency. I mean, if they secure a, a solid backup point guard and Briante Weber continues to improve, then it may be more, uh, more solidified than, than maybe uh, some are thinking. But that point guard position could be fluid. And I think if Suleiman continues to show that he's capable of running an offense, he has the, the eyes, the ears, uh, uh, the full attention of the Hornets coaching staff uh, the, during this you know, pre-summer, summer league period. So if he shows off, and apparently he showed off, as I said in that interview, to some scouts in the D-League minicamp, if he continues to do that, uh, he could be one of the, the players you watch this season for for a call-up, so keep an eye on that. Uh, yesterday also uh, saw continued shot work from Frank Kaminsky and some one-on-one time between Coach Clifford and Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. I posted some of that video of that one-on-one work on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Hornets. So if you are not following us yet, you better, because you're going to get access to some of that uh, video, <clears throat> very interesting video. The one on Twitter absolutely blew up, and it's probably because, I mean, look, Michael Kidd Gilchrist is jump shot. It's also it's always a very interesting topic, always something that people uh, want to watch and see. Is it changing? Is it going to get better? Uh, I would just say a word of caution. It's sort of that I feel like the jump shot and Michael Kidd Gilchrist jump shot. People see in it what they want to see. If they want to see MKG improving if they want to see him doing better on offense then they're going to look at that video and say oh man it looks like he has a little bit less of a hitch and I think it's and if you if you just don't believe that MKG is ever going to have a viable jump shot you're looking at that thing going oh my god it's not that much different Uh, it's just one of the his his jump shot is abstract art you're going to see in it you're going to interpret from it what you will And I think without, and it's one video, it's one or two shots that I put up there. And, you know, where is he in his, in his development of that shot? How long has he been shooting up to that point? All of those things factor in. It's all things that the coaches know that he knows. And ultimately all of this comes down to MKG doing that in a game. And it's not all about just the jump shot, just the form. It's about the decisions that lead up to that. And those are the things that they're working on as well, trying to put him in a position where his shot can be successful, where MKG can be confident. So all of those things are working into it as well. So just a word of caution when you when you watch these videos, they're all obviously fun. And it's fun to see Steve Clifford go one-on-one with with Michael Kidd-Gilchrist and 
look, obviously, like I'm, I we don't get to see the practices, so we don't know what necessarily what Steve Clifford is like uh, during the middle of a practice. They often bring us in after it's already wrapped up, and there is this kind of one-on-one stuff going on. But it is uh, the first time that I've seen Clifford go one-on-one with a player like this. It's normally an assistant coach. It's, you know, Steven Silas, or when Ewing was here, Ewing would work a lot with the big men. Now that's Mike Batiste. So that it's normally something I associate with assistant coaches. So it's cool to see Steve Clifford with that investment. I mean, there's obviously an investment there, a commitment to helping MKG improve his comfort level on offense. And I think that stems from the fact that he gives them so much value in terms of defensive organization, offensive rebounding, defensive rebounding, hustle plays, transition offense, that if he can achieve average efficiency in the half-court offense, I mean, obviously, ideally, especially if Dwight Howard's going to start, you know, Steve Clifford wants to play four out one end. That's his his desire, his goal, his dream is to play four out one end with with his starting unit. And so obviously, if MKG can develop an outside shot and, and knock down a few threes and be somewhat of a threat, that would be a positive direction for this franchise. But realistically, if he can achieve average efficiency in the half court offense and and develop a mid range pull up game. That, that again, it, it, it achieves, you really want to be above average with that mid-range game to compete with three-point shooters and efficiency. But even if it's average, I think that this starting lineup could be very difficult to play against, especially when you factor in the, factor in the added defense and physicality that Dwight Howard will bring to the offense. Just the full package offense and defense, that starting unit, that starting unit could be very frustrating to play against uh, if MKG makes some improvements in the half-court offense. Uh, His improvement, along with Frank Kaminsky, along with Marvin Williams, and Nick Batum's improvement this offseason will be as important or maybe more important than integrating Dwight Howard or getting early contributions from Malik Monk. So it's very positive that we are seeing these guys uh, in the gym, in the summer, in the early summer too. Before summer league, we saw them getting some reps in and draft workouts. And of course, we've seen them in the weight room as well. So I think that this team is very focused. I think they're very committed to making those internal improvements. And and now we have the long wait until uh, October, essentially, when, when preseason will kick off and we get to see... Uh, what these guys have been doing and and what that means uh, to their season. So uh, keep it locked in here on Locked On Hornets on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, Instagram Locked On Hornets, Facebook Facebook.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. And thanks so much for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network this week. Subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a five-star review. It helps hardcore Hornets fans Like yourself, find this podcast and check out our Patreon page if you haven't had an opportunity to yet. Shout out to Scott. Scott became a $5 contributor yesterday, so he's going to get uh, double entries into our ticket giveaways this season, plus a little discount on merchandise in the store. We've got one shirt up there, but we plan to add more merchandise uh, as the season nears. So he gets a discount on that, plus access to all of that content that 
Uh, if you're not on Patreon, you're not you're not hearing, you're not seeing. We're putting a lot of stuff up there, uh, so check that out. Patreon.com forward slash Locked on Hornets. We're back again next week with more coverage of Summer League and David returns as well. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.